Welcome everybody once again. It's good to have you guys just sharing in our family experience here. Um, and you know what? I don't think I got a mic runner for that side. So, oh yes I did. Never mind. We're good. Okay. Uh, I'm DJ. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we are in a series. We just started last week a series on the Holy Spirit. And this year we all felt uh, called to, to really uh, follow the Lord in this theme of come with me come with me, like the Lord is wanting to take us to new places with him, and um, that sounds like a really cool tagline. Let me tell you something. It's very terrifying if you're a pastor, uh, or maybe even a Christian in general. I don't know. Did anybody like, and okay, I'm a seven Enneagram, and typically that means like, oh yeah, any sevens in the room? Come on. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Um, typically, we're like not very averse to change. You know, we're very like, woohoo, bring it on, like cannonball, you know? But some of the stuff, when God wants to take us to new places, it requires a surrender of what is familiar and things that we have clung to. And even as a pastor, um, heading into this weekend, I feel like the Lord's, um, yeah, just called on me to let go. Even as a seven, believe it or not, there are things that we cling to. There's things, there's security blankets or sources of confidence or you know what I'm saying? Even in public speaking and in engaging an audience through humor and through personality and through wittiness and through whatever. You know what I mean? All of the pacing and examples and illustrations and spiritual nuggets that will be like, oh my gosh, that Pastor DJ is so deep. <laughs> he just helps me grow in Jesus. You know, all this stuff, right? Listen, if anybody tells you pastors don't have egos, they're selling you something. We are just, we are chief among sinners, or at least I am. I, maybe I can't speak for others. Uh, we love to feel great about ourselves. We love to feel, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow, we really left it all on the field. And, you know, wow, God, I hope you're thankful, Lord, to have a servant like me. And, <clears throat> and heading into this weekend, literally like, I am, because I've, I think in my life, I mean, I'm not whatever, but like I've preached some messages that, you know, I felt were kind of that, come on, somebody, I feel the presence of God in this house, come on, you know, I really, yeah, and I, I mean, I'll tell you, it's like, yeah, in South Dakota back in the late 90s, man, I listened to a T.D. Jakes video series of a man's conference, oh yeah, that'll do it to you, you think the Holy Spirit's not transferable, and I had this like roar in my spirit, like that whole weekend, I was like, I just, and I, and I was on assignment, I was an associate pastor, but I preached that message. This little church called Faith Temple in Two Falls. <coughs> and I was so fired up. And, uh, and it was just like this amazing, you know what I'm saying? Like just, it was like, wow. I just felt like, you know. Got escorted out by the ushers. Not a, don't rip your shirt again. There are children in the room. Plus, you need to hit the gym. But no. Uh, that's really the worst. All that to say, right? I feel like I've had a few very few glimmering moments where I was like, wow, that was really dynamic. But then headed into this weekend and on this theme of, of come with me and what, what this requires, um, I literally am looking at my notes. I'm like, wow, like this really is lame. I mean, or not lame. I mean, talking about the Holy Spirit isn't lame, but I just mean the, I don't feel like it's packed with like entertaining stuff. Does that make sense? Like I don't feel like, oh yeah, I'm pretty confident that with or without God, people are going to walk away like, this is great. You know what I mean? Like, that was fun. And, whoo, believe it or not, like, that wrestling with God, about like, but are you sure we can't do a little bit of this? And he's like, nope, just trust me. Like, just let me do this. Man, that's hard, guys. Um, but, I, but I think we're all in this together, right? Like, we want, we want to come with God. We don't want church as usual. And, and that requires... Right? You guys, I know there's discomfort. I was having a conversation with somebody earlier in the foyer that, who was here last night. It was like, wow, that was like, I found myself wrestling with like, okay, man, there's a lot of interaction. Why can't we just move on? And there's discomfort in it. Um, but I think that, that God is putting something in our hearts that hungers for more than just church as usual and status quo, even great church as usual. I've, I've done this for, I'm 51. I've done this for decades. And... Um, there's just a call going out in the body from the Lord. He wants more. He wants more with you. He wants more 
back, reflected back like Adam just said. He wants more worship reflected back. He wants more love flowing and joy in his spirit. And it's going to require all of us kind of making a hard decision to be like, well, can we have that and the status quo? And if we can't, then one of those has to go. Does that make sense? And, and that means none of us are like, oh, we have this all planned out. We know we've been here a hundred times. We know exactly like, you know, what this is going to feel like. And, and we're going to get it perfectly every weekend. And it's always going to feel like, wow, these guys are brilliant geniuses. No. Sometimes we're going to walk away and be like, wow, those pastors, you know, do they even have a clue? I don't, I don't know, right? Like, because, because we're wanting to follow something that we don't know we haven't been this way before. And... Uh, yeah, kind of like when God was calling his people to follow the ark, right, with Joshua and saying, hey, you haven't been this way before. Like, you're not just going around the same mountain for 40 years. I'm calling you to a new place. But leave a little bit of distance, like, because you need to pay attention to where I'm going. You don't just put it on autopilot and go. And so um, I, I'm just so thankful, guys, to be in a group of believers that, listen, the, the, the trust and the freedom that you guys are showing us as pastors and leaders. You know what I'm saying? Because I know, like, what we're doing here and passing a mic around and interacting and hearing each other and make, just some of the stuff we're trying is not always easy for any of us. You know what I'm saying? It's different. Do you ever feel disgusting? Sometimes it's like, you know? It feels uncomfortable for all of us. But I think maybe that's one of the prices that we're gonna have to pay if we're saying, God, do something fresh we want a new move. We want you to be more to us and in us and through us than any of us have ever known. And so therefore, none of us are experts and none of us know the way. But he knows the way and he's calling us. So I think that's kind of where we're at. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so he's calling us to come with him. And uh, sorry. Wow. And so some of that, you know, we're, we're entering into a season. Sorry, I'm going to grab a Kleenex here. Uh, uh, so we're entering into a season after Easter here, after kind of unrooting or, or, or uh, sort of pulling out the stakes and getting ready to go with God. Then we felt led to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I think that that's really important. I think, that, man, we, God wants to engage us with his spirit. And we're not going to be able to go with him if we're not saying yes and, and opening those doors. And he's a, a gentleman, as, as we've heard many times, so he doesn't kick the door down. He waits, he knocks at the door, right? Like Revelation 3 says, I stand at the door of believers. Those were letters written to the church, not to unbelievers. I stand at the door and knock, and if you hear my voice and open the door, right? So he, he, he's waiting for that opening of a door in each one of us. And so I hope that, you know, I think all of our prayer is that these next few weeks, uh, God reveals those doors and the ways that we can open that so he can come in and fellowship with us and us with him. So um, thanks for, for being a part of that. Uh, last weekend, uh, Pastor Dan kind of uh, kicked off the series and, and introduced us uh, to the Holy Spirit, some of the, the broad strokes. Felt like this weekend God wanted us to look at some of the symbols of the Holy Spirit in Scripture and how, that, uh, how he wants to use those to quicken us to the way he wants to engage with us. And I think um, he wants to be all of these things to us, but I also think there may be one of them today that's where the rubber meets the road for you. Does that make sense? There may be one of them that, that he's like, hey, this is how I'm wanting you to experience me right now. We're gonna talk about fire. We're gonna talk about wind or breath. We're gonna talk about water. We're gonna talk about oil. We're gonna talk about a seal, we're going to talk about a dove, right? We're going to talk about those things. But I think that there's going to be one of those that, that Holy Spirit's just like, hey, this is, this is how I want you to experience me right now where you're at. Would you open that door to me? And so that's, that's my prayer, right? I'm kind of laying all the cards on the table. That's my prayer is that when you leave this place or, or as we respond together, uh, that you will sense the Lord engaging you. And, and something that I felt like the Lord... Man, I don't, this is, wow, way different than last night. I felt like the Lord wanted you to know that he's jealous over you. He's jealous over the intimacy that he can have with you uniquely. That he's not gonna get from me. What you can give him, he can't get from me. 
The way you can love him, the way you can speak his name, the way you can open your heart to him. He can't get that from me. He can't get it from Dan. He can't get it from Marcus. He can't get it from Cammie. You bring him a unique reflection of himself, a unique bounce back of, of his glory. And he's jealous of that by his spirit. And so he wants this to, to resonate with you and open a door and unlock a door for intimacy with him. So, um, so uh, last weekend, one of the things that we talked about with the uh, Holy Spirit is that he is a person, right? Anybody here last week? Remember Pastor Dan said it? He is a person, of course, in the catechisms or in the creeds throughout history for, you know, over, well over a thousand years, 1,500, 1,700 years. We've known that, you know, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, the third person of the Trinity. And that is absolutely, I, I believe, true. We know that from Scripture that he has a, a, a mind. We know that he has a will that he can direct, right? He, he distributes the gifts as he pleases, as he determines. So we know that he, he, he uh, demonstrates uh, personality, personhood in, in different ways. He has feelings. <clears throat> Babe, this isn't my cold. I just was emotional when you were gone. Sorry, what? Um, I know my wife, she's that helper, that help me, that helps me. When I need a Kleenex, she's like right there, like, you need a Kleenex. But, um, so he's a person, he can be grieved, he can be resisted, right? We know all of these things. But um, what happens in my mind naturally, and, and I think this is something God wants to address today, is that when I think of a person, I think of like, well, you know, like Justin right here. You're a great example of a person, Justin. You have two arms, two legs, a nose, nice looking beard, you know, whatever. Um, I think of a person, right? Kind of like, and by implication, there are some limitations to that because there is a physical form and a person typically can't be everywhere at once. Does that make sense? If I try to imagine a person encompassing the waters of the earth, I'm like, I don't know, is it Elastigirl? Like, you know, like, what does that look like exactly, right? <laughs> and I believe that, the, that God by his spirit, even though the spirit of God is a person, he's not limited to what we would understand, to the limitations of being, does that make sense? Of having a body or a form that is limited in space, in time, in power, and most importantly, in how he can interact with us. Because no matter how much I like Justin, Justin can't be inside of me. Does that make sense? Like a person can't be in another, like, like there's just certain things that, that we, God wants to open our understanding and I think that he does that through the symbols in his word to understand that yes, he's a person but also he is like wind and like breath and like fire, like different things that can fill us or baptize us or do different things in our lives. Does that make sense? So we're gonna look at this together and ask Holy Spirit, we ask you right now, would you open our minds? Would you reveal yourself to us? Would you guard everything that is said from me or from any of us, Lord, allow it to all align with your word, your written word, the Bible, with, with your truth, with what you want to reveal of yourself so that you can have all of the intimacy that you're jealous for in us so that we can have a greater understanding so we can ultimately open the door to you and so that we can experience you, radiate you, worship you and so that others might see you in us and be drawn to you that you might receive great glory. God, work in us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. All right, so we're gonna jump in. We got mic runners. I, I do believe God wants us to be interactive this morning. So I'm gonna read like a primer scripture on these symbols, but then I'm gonna ask you guys, hey, what does this, what is God wanting us to know about him through this? Or in your experience, how has this worked in your life? How have you seen God in each of these ways act in your life? Does that sound good? You guys ready? Yeah, ready. Take a second, be like, God's gonna speak through me, not just through somebody else. Okay, good. Um, all right, so the first one we wanna talk about is fire. And um, in Luke uh, 3, uh, verse 16, uh, it speaks of John the Baptist. And it says, John answered them all, I baptize you with water, which he was doing, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am uh, not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit 
and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I know we, we see that, that the Holy Spirit is associated with the fire of God. Acts 2 Verse three speaks of the day of Pentecost. So there are 120 followers of Jesus. Jesus has said, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for the promise that the Father is going to send. You're gonna be empowered when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You're gonna go forth, be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And so in verse three, it says this. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. So we see that fire is a symbol of God's spirit that he wants us to experience. What in your life, um, how have you experienced the Holy Spirit as fire in your life? Or what do you believe God wants to speak and to reveal through the fact that he's fire? Sorry, but, oh, yep. And please um, state your name if you would. Oh, my name's Ryan. Um, <laughs> In your prayer, you ask that, that all of we, what we talk about align with God's heart. And talking about the fire, like just earlier in this service, something really lit me up that, that, that bothered me. Um, and what that is is that we need God everywhere. And to go back into Genesis, we are in the most blessed place we could have been as, as people walking with God every day. And... In the United States, we're very blessed as well. But I think that puts us in a dangerous place because we have so many things that we can idolize and we lose God. And I think for us in the church, we're better off because we know that we need to chase after God, but we get distracted by so many other things. And so I just want to challenge people to look at the blessings we have, to appreciate them every day, not take them for granted and chase after God. Um, don't take those blessings uh, for anything but works of God in your life. I love that. And Ryan, um, that's an example of fire is what you're sensing, a burning, a fire, something that needs to be declared, something that matters to God. That all of a sudden, because you've yielded to the Holy Spirit, you're like, yes, I want to get on board with that passion of that word of, hey, let's not idolize stuff. Let's, let's turn all of these blessings into worship for God. That's an example of the fire of God engaging us. Somebody else. Of all, the, of all the symbols of the Holy Spirit, I think this is the one that I don't like the most. Um, I was out running this morning, and I was thinking about this idea and that song. You remember that old song, Refiner's Fire, My Heart's One Desire? Um, um, gosh, the words now are escaping my mind. Um, like gold, like gold and silver, you know, refined. It, yeah, refined in the fire. So it, it takes heat and it's a crucible, right? It's it's the it's the thing that that is a burning under us, not necessarily in us, but under us to cook out those things that are impurities, uh, the the dross, the all those things. And so uh, I know for me, there's you know there's some there are some things that the Lord needs to burn out. And this is, so I, I don't like this. Uh, this, this one, this one aspect. Okay. Yeah. Wind, this, you know, breath, all those things. Yeah. Very, very important, very powerful. Uh, but fire is, is the thing you have to have the fire. You have to have that part. You can't, you can't not, you can't, you can't remove that from, yeah, there it is right there. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> but I was this morning when I was, when I was running, and it sounded terrible. But anyway, that's, that, I guess that's all I have to say. Before we move on, uh, and we're going to talk more about this, I just wanted to read 
a piece of Psalm 66 that speaks of exactly what you just brought up, Mark. And it's uh, Psalm 66, verses 10 through 12. And this isn't in your notes, but I, I just thought of it. It's, for you, God tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. Wow, think about what this person is expressing here and feeling. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. Isn't that the heart of God? He wants to bring us to a place of abundance, but part of that process, as Mark just said, is that refining. And man, I don't, yeah, I don't like it any more than you, Mark. I, I don't think any of us would necessarily sign up or, hey, what do you want? How do you want the Holy Spirit to engage you today? Oh, I want him to be a refining fire in my life. Um, I don't think any of us would choose that. I'd be like, no, I'll just take more comfort, you know, more of a warm blankie and his love. And that's awesome. He wants us to have that too. But man, sometimes he's like, the only way I can get you to the next place of intimacy is refining you. So good. Ah, Desiree. My name is Desiree, and excuse my voice, it's a little scratchy this morning. Um, I think of his eyes, Jesus' eyes, because the Holy Spirit is the person that represents the person of Jesus to us now, like here on earth. Um, So I believe that fire is a representation of the characteristic of Jesus, his passion for us. Um, And so when I think of that, like his, his eyes that are like fire, right, his passion, and even like relating it to the refiner's fire, it's his passion for us that brings refiner's fire. It's, his, it's the, um, like the father's judgment is because Jesus can have nothing less than a pure bride. And, and fire is what purifies us and, and burns up the idols and burns up things in us that are not like Jesus because he must have a pure bride. And so as uncomfortable as it is, when we can get comfortable with the uncomfortable, like um, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come into mind, you know? And they were standing when everybody else was bowing down to idols. They had already known the fire of God in their life. They had already said, like, I'm in, all of me is in. And then they stood in the fire, and they weren't burned. And so in the end, if we don't get used to his fire now, when he comes and brings the fire of God, we'll be offended, and we'll be like, this, what? Like, the, yeah, but it is his love and his passion, and we get comfortable. We get used to fasting like we did and used to giving up things for his glory and refinement. Then we will look like him in the end, and we will be a pure bride for, for King Jesus. So good. Anybody else want to speak? Yes, Lauren, right here. Sorry, I gave away your name. Please state your name, uh, Miss uh, Turquoise. (laughs) Lauren is my name. Um, So my daughter came home um, the other day, and they had had a bonfire, like, um, after school and an event. And I was laying next to her in her bed talking, and she smelled, like, really strong, like smoke. Um, And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a lot. But it occurs to me in this conversation that like fire always has a fragrance and it leaves a fragrance. And um, like the Holy Spirit does that in our lives that um, we are, what is this verse real quick? Um, Second Corinthians 2 says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And, um, yeah. That's it. And, and it speaks of that, the fragrance that to those who don't understand is, smells like death. But to those of us who, who, it's life. To those of us who are seeing Jesus' face and, and the glory that he's receiving through the death of, of our will or the death of, of our flesh and, and becoming alive to him. That's so good. I love that. There's a fragrance that permeates. And, man, it's, it'll permeate clothing. and I mean, you know, 
I love that. Yeah, the Word of God speaks of, of, of hating even the, the clothing that has the, the, the fragrance of, of sin, right? Like despising even those things. But, but the holiness of God and the Spirit of God brings his own aroma, his own smell to us. I love that. Anybody else on this before we move on? Ye- yes, one there and one over there. Hi, I'm Donna. I, just to follow up on that, I, was just, I had the words of um, a camp song. Um, pass it on. It only takes a spark to get a fire going, and soon all those around will warm up to its glowing. And that's how it is with God's love. So it's contagious in addition. So it spreads so quickly. You can't, I mean, you can't control a fire once it's out of control. So that's what I think the Holy Spirit is trying to do. A mighty roaring fire, man, that just quickly can multiply and take over the landscape. I love that. Over here. I'm Nicole. I'm, I, I just I just remembered the verse. Um, it's one of my favorite verses. It's Psalms five three. At each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall on my heart. It's like being in that surrendered place or that refiner's fire. It's like I'm, he doesn't want us to. He doesn't want to just change us. He wants us to be willing to be in process with it. So. so good. And I know that's something that Joshua, one of our teaching team members, always says is that uh, fire falls on sacrifice. So exactly to your point, Nicole, that when we want choose to live as a living sacrifice, whew, that invites the fire of God by his spirit. So good. Well, good. Let's, okay, let's move on. Man, this is good, guys. So if there's something in you that is being stirred, uh, take it up afterwards or, or engage someone in conversation because I believe the Lord is revealing himself. Let's talk about wind for a second. In uh, Acts 2, uh, verse 2, so coming back to the day of Pentecost, it says there suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And obviously... Uh, we know that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Genesis 2, verse 7, uh, you know, Genesis 1 speaks of the story of creation kind of in, in broad strokes. And then Genesis 2 circles back and gives more detail about the creation specifically of humankind. And it says this, Then the Lord God formed the man, Adam, uh, from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. John 3, verse 8, Jesus is meeting with Nicodemus, and here's this Pharisee who is not yet ready to commit to Jesus publicly, so he meets him at night, and he's asking him, hey, what is this whole talk of being born of the Spirit? We don't really get this, you know, can a person enter their mom's womb again and be born? We don't understand, Rabbi, explain this. And Jesus, in verse 8, says this, the wind blows Wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Jesus is, is, is giving us a powerful principle here of, of another example of what the Spirit of God is like. And before we open it up to discussion here on this, I wanted to just take you guys real quickly to uh, that word for Spirit, uh, is very, very interesting, both in the Hebrew in the Old Testament and in the Greek in the New Testament. It has the same meaning or very similar meaning. And so in the Greek, if you can pull up ruach, it means breath of mouth or nostrils. So again, corresponding to, to Genesis 2 that we just read, uh, it can mean wind and, of course, spirit uh, as that which breathes quickly in animation. <sighs> When we're agitated, when we're animated, uh, or temper disposition, it goes on, of course, to speak of, of the Spirit of God. But isn't it interesting that, of course, it can mean all of those things, right? The seat of our emotions, uh, occasionally the seat of, of even mental acts, uh, rarely of the will or of our decision, uh, moral character, prophetic spirit and utterance, and, of course, the Spirit of God. But here's the interesting thing. I, I love this, that it can mean wind or breath. <sighs> There's so much power in the breath of God. The breath of God carries creative force with it. It, it, it brings with it life. 
And so uh, I want to open it up for discussion. I'll have a couple thoughts too, but uh, a couple uh, discussion on what does God want us to know about him? How does he want to engage with us through the understanding of he is like a breath or even wind, mighty wind. Let's open it up for some discussion. Well, I guess I'll take the opportunity. Yes. Um, my thought is, uh, like the wind, he comes and he goes as he pleases. He goes over here, he blows over here, he works over here, and then he moves over to this area, and he starts working over in this area. And sometimes it's a strong gust, a strong movement, and sometimes we can hardly detect it. But it's all based off of what he wants to do, and we can't control that. I love that. We can't control. How many times, well, again, pastor confession time. If there's anybody that tries to get the Holy Spirit to be the junior partner, it's pastors. Like, I got this thing pretty well lined out. I just need you to come here, here, and here, and do this, this, and this. And, man, it's going to be a great service. You know? <laughs> Holy Spirit's like, excuse me, I'm a mighty blowing wind. I'm going to go wherever I want and do, find where I'm welcome, find where I am feared, where I am honored, where, where my name is being hollowed, and I'm going to blow through that place. And, and everybody who's over here, but God, why don't you come and blow here? You know, God's like, why don't you come where I'm blowing? Why don't you adjust where you are to what I'm like? I love that. We can't control him. Yes, over here. Extra credit to our mic runner today. Only one mic, so he's just really getting this touch. And thank you, Kylie. Hi, I'm Jordan. Um, and I just had a thought with the breath thing because I'm a nurse. So we take vital signs. We listen to your heart. We listen to your lungs. And whenever you physically listen to any human's lungs, it sounds like Yahweh, which I think is a really cool fact. The inhale is Yah and the exhale is Way. So just a cool fact to know that your lungs physically sound like Yahweh. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Jordan. Every time we inhale and exhale, we're declaring God's name. That's very cool. <laughs> um, I think an interesting vessel that the Spirit uses is through worship leaders. Um, and so that breath as they sing, um, I've had the privilege of hearing Janelle's amazing voice since 2016. And the way that her voice like cleanses my soul when I just need it the most. Like, So I feel like God just really uses worship leaders. And then when we put on worship leader worship in our homes, the way that that just blankets our home in his presence and his spirit can change the atmosphere in seconds and just calm our children, calm ourselves. And um, I think that, that it's just a beautiful way that the Holy Spirit uses. Um, I'll try to be brief. I, two things. Number one, I think of, um, I've heard an analogy that you know, the spirit is, is like a wind and, and we're like a ship with sails and we have the option of whether or not we like have our sails up and, and open to like where the spirit is leading us um, because the wind blows where it wants. Um, but then the other thing is I just think about like the weight of this world and, you know, the times in my life where it's like my, there's a heaviness on my chest, whether anxiety or fear or sadness or grief, whatever those things are or sin. And the Holy Spirit is, I mean, there have been so many times I can say in prayer where it's like literally, I told Justin, I, I feel like I can breathe again. Like I just needed to like receive that, the, the, like he takes that weight off and gives us breath and in a, just a really practical way. Man, if you need, if that's for you, just receive that right now. If you feel that just pressure of life and anxiety and fear, and it just literally almost can feel, right? Like I can't even, just take a second to breathe in. Know that the Father wants to breathe in to your lungs all that you need. Lift that burden. Just give you all of the, everything you need. So good. Debbie. Um, my name's Debbie. Um, <clears throat> and the thing that I, I kind of just got an impression of is 
sometimes, like on a hot day, if you're standing where you're blocked, you can't feel that cool, gentle breeze, but you can hear it in the aspens, that it's there, and if you just move away from the wall that's maybe blocking the wind, you just get that refreshing. So even if we can't feel it, the Holy Spirit is moving, and sometimes we just have to step aside to pick up on that cool breeze. Good. I love that theme of sometimes he's very near, and but just waiting for us to, 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 to find him, if that makes sense, to move into where he's waiting for us and, and calling us. That's so good. Anybody else on breath or oh, wind? Yes, Bill. I'm Bill, and um, a friend of mine who's a rabbi has mentioned that... Um, when God renamed um, Sarah and Abraham, their names were Abram and Sarai. And he breathed breath of life into both of them to give birth. So Abram became Abraham and Sarai became Sarah. So good. Thank you for sharing that. Such power in the breath of God. You know, and I find it interesting, God wants something that has been in him to be in us. If you think about breath, when I do CPR, well, actually, I've never done CPR. I don't think I've ever done CPR. So uh, anyway, if some of you have done CPR, from what I understand, from, from the movies, I'm going to, you know, get your medical knowledge here. Uh, but, but my understanding is, again, that one person is literally breathing into another, right, the, the air that they need to re-kickstart that heart and to, and to bring life back into their being. And God is saying, man, I, want, I love you so much. I want something that has been in me, my breath, to be in you and to fill you. And I had asked, actually, Kyler, uh, Kyler, did you have a chance to, to research a little bit of the, uh, the benefits of oxygen in our bodies? What does oxygen do? Could you take a minute and share that? Yeah. Uh, so what I found is that our brain actually takes up about 20% of the oxygen that we breathe in. Um, and, of course, there's a lot of different negatives when you don't get enough oxygen. But when you get extra oxygen, uh, we find that you get increased brain activity, increased memory, increased concentration, we're more alert, we're more energetic, we build muscles easier and recover from our workouts faster, we build endurance and a stronger heart, we detoxify our blood, we reduce stress and anxiety, uh, extra oxygen even alleviates tension headaches, it can help to repair irregular sleeping patterns, and finally it strengthens the immune system. So it hits like every part of our body. So good, thank you so much for being willing to research that. I love that, right? God is saying, my spirit is the breath, the breath that I want to fill every aspect of your being. Tyrone? Oh, I don't know if anybody has heard of a, a fellow named Wen Hoff. Uh, he's a fellow who uses breathing techniques uh, to sustain uh, sub-zero weather. He's, uh, he's all over YouTube, but he'll go into a, a freezing, freezing water or he'll he'll go uh, shirtless in uh, uh, in the high Alps, and he is like a, a scientific miracle. But his his method is breathing, and some of his techniques were adopted by the Navy SEALs who use what's called box breathing, and it helps them in all kinds of ways. And um, so there's some real illustrations of the power. Uh, also, if you if you use some of these techniques of breathing while you hum, it intensifies it even more. And here, God knew all of this that's been there. So good. It's so good. You know, and it reminds me that um, when God speaks, it carries his breath, as Bill mentioned, right? Even when he named Abraham and Sarah, the stars, the planets were spoken into existence. The very power of light 
exists because God said, let there be light. And that creative force established light. That creative force shot billions and trillions of stars into existence and filled our universe. And when God breathes out, right, when he speaks his word, it carries his breath. It carries that creative power. And that is in us. That is in you. Think about that. Isn't that incredible? The Spirit of God wants us to understand that He is literally in us. Last night we had a medical doctor here, and he was talking about how oxygen literally is carried to every single cell in our body. Every single cell in our body. When oxygen enters our lungs, and then is broken down, it's converted to energy, and then is carried by our bloodstream to every single cell. So your little toenails, your, you know, back of your neck, your earlobe, hair, every aspect of it is being nurtured and empowered by oxygen. And I believe God is saying the same about his spirit in us. He's wanting to quicken us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And he wants to equip us. Well, hey, I want to move on real quick um, to water. I know time is advancing. Thank you so much, guys, for what you're sharing um, uh, with us. Uh, water is another symbol of the Holy Spirit. And in... Uh, uh, John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38, it says these words, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Rivers of living water will flow. What a promise from God. Man, here in Colorado, I don't know about you, but um, sometimes I look around in the wintertime and I'm driving maybe to the airport and it's just like, where am I? Am I on the surface of the moon? Because this is like brown. Anybody move from like somewhere greener? You know, my, you know, we went to visit our kids in Nashville and it's like, man, you know, you're on the interstate and it's like carved through forests of green lush trees and people have these like acreages of just like, I don't know, must take like days to mow their lawn because, you know, it's just green, green. But man, I'm telling you what, sometimes our spirits can feel like that, right? Just dry and arid. And I believe that God wants to reveal something to us about the fact that his spirit is symbolized by water. What does that speak? Uh, we'll just take a couple of, of, of responses on this one. What does God want to reveal to us? What does he want us to know? How does he want to engage with us as water? Good morning. My name is Kiki. Um, it, you know, the, the spirit and breath and water, it can't be controlled. It's something that, you know, we don't have to do a you know, a rain dance, or we don't have to um, put ourselves in a box and say, all right, right now we're calling upon the Spirit. It is as we develop the relationship with the Lord and our walk, and we, um, we, we allow him into our life and to change our life, it's something that happens so naturally. Breath is something that we do without even having to think about it. And so, and, and water will flow through us. And this is where I just love how the Bible and the Word and, and the Holy Spirit just uses everything around us just to explain He is, he is here. Whether we call on Him, whether we recognize it or not, it is, it is fact. It is here. He works through us. And I think what's so amazing is if we position ourselves in a place where we can just see it and see it happen, we are constantly, I am constantly amazed when, when words come through me that are not mine, that are not something that I don't necessarily understand or tongues or anything like that. It's just something that's just so simple and just a word. And you don't know how that is affecting the world around you. When you breathe, you don't know what your oxygen, how it's blessing and bringing life to the things around you or the people around you. So it's not something that we have to say, you know, specifically, this is what happened on Friday at 3.30 with this person. 
it's happening and we just have to realize how powerful it is and what he has done to to um, work through us he is the you know he is the vine we he is working at all times and if we just open our eyes and see it it is a huge blessing to the people around us and most especially to us to just see his work always Um, I'm Elena. I always, at least um, in my life, I've always connected to water the most for the spirit. Um, I think it's so beautiful because it can be so strong and it can knock you off your feet like you're, you know, getting hit by a wave. But it can also be so comforting. It can be soothing and it can mold you and it can, you know, can cut corners and it can go anywhere it wants. Um, but it can also wash over you. Um, like a blanket, like you were saying. Um, and I love that it's like the complete opposite of fire. So in fire, you're getting cooked and you're being refined. And then you, you know, you get cooled off in water and it solidifies everything that the fire did for you. And after those two have happened to you, there's nothing that can break that. And I think it's just so beautiful, you know. So good, thank you. Like the fashioning of a sword, right? You've got that fire and then the water. Just for the sake of geography, let's go to, uh, yes, our guest right here first, and then we'll, and then. I like that geography. We're just kind of doing a. a yes, sir. Uh, Herman, so as I'm thinking about water, you know, Belize is below sea level. So coming to Colorado, it's like, whoa. Um, I got here and I was out of breath instantly. Um, but, it, you know, as, as we're here, people say, drink a lot of water, you know, because it gets away the headaches and the nausea and the, the altitude sickness. And so. Um, it reminds me of the more you drink water, the better you feel here in Colorado for us. And in the same way, the more of the Holy Spirit, the more you strip off these old ways, these old things. And, and, and the less of the Holy Spirit you have or you take in, these things try to find their way back in your heart, in your spirit. And so um, it, it just, you know, it reminds me of the more water you drink here, the better you feel. The more of the Holy Spirit you have, the better your life is. So. Thank you for sharing that. So good. The better you feel, and it flushes us, right? It flushes stuff that's harmful and toxins and just brings new life. I love that. Thank you, Herman. Um, my name is Quinn. Sorry, I'm, I'm quite nervous. I don't like speaking. <laughs> um, but I, uh, whenever I think of water, um, I just always kind of think of the like eroding power of water and how like truly it's incredible and kind of destructive where like if water wants to go somewhere, nothing's really gonna stop it. Um, and so just the image of rivers flowing through you, I just am picturing kind of the, the word of God and the spirit just like carving through you and eroding and somebody already used the word mold and just kind of molding you the way that the spirit's wanting to kind of just form you and work through you and that's just always what comes into my head is just kind of erosion and change so good isn't it and yet it doesn't always happen in one day right sometimes it's like you know you see these these places our son got married in utah at painted horse park i think painted war horse anyway, anyway some and it looked like the grand canyon and it was just this incredibly beautiful just deep carved canyon with, with a river at the bottom. But I'm guessing that didn't happen, you know, in a day. Um, it happened through that, that patient but, but persistent influence. Thank you for sharing that so much. Yes, somebody over here. Yeah. I'm Maddie. My illustration of water is really tied to our kids. And there's something about water that evokes play and joy and fun. So like our kids will ask five times a day, can I take a bath? I'm like, you just took a bath. But yeah. <laughs> and so, or the opposite, or like you are having a rough moment. Do you want to take a bath? Yes. And there's something about water that, yeah, either heals and soothes and just stop. Like there's like a refresher in it, but also play. Like getting kids out of the pool, it takes an hour. Like you're like, they don't want to get out. And I think... There's just something, even around the summertime, that happens with water. Like, we want to be in it. We want to play in it. That there's something in childlikeness and joy, even in the Holy Spirit, that I think of when I think of water. So good. God wants his spirit with us to 
there's, there's some joy and some fun and some playfulness that God wants to share with us. Uh, let's go right here, John. I was just thinking of the woman at the well and where, how Jesus basically was, I think, in that context of feeling parched. And so I th- was thinking about how the fire, we give up a lot of the things that we normally are trying to satisfy ourselves with. Um, and I think the promise then with the water, right, that we will have a new kind of a satisfaction that is deep and lasting. All right. Was it just? So um, I lived in Hasi Massoud, Algeria, for a little bit, which is almost the same as living in Castle Rock, trying to grow <laughs> something in the ground. is terrible. Um, it prepared you. So middle, middle of the desert, Sahara Desert, uh, sand everywhere, ocean of sand. And if you look up, like, Google Maps, if you Hasi Massoud, you will see this luscious green. Um, and what it is is it was unbelievable to me where this, this, I called it prison, but this compound that we lived in, um, the flowers, the trees, the, the fruit-bearing plants, and all you had to do was have this little bitty pipe that just dripped water, just dripped water in the sand. And, I mean, you could grow anything. And it was unbelievably beautiful and refreshing and all this stuff, especially in the middle of uh, just all that desolation. And... Um, you contrast that with just the power that water has, like to bring life in small doses, mm-hmm. consistent doses daily. And then when I was thinking about what you were saying, uh, and Lauren reminded me, like John and I lived in Houston, so there is literally nothing that man has made <laughs> that cannot be destroyed by water. Mm. Hurricane, tsunami, whatever. Thank you for sharing that. Listen to these words from Isaiah 54. But now listen, Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says, he who made you and who formed you in the womb and who will help you. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant, Yeshurun, whom I have chosen, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will write on their hand, the Lord's, and will take the name Israel. I think that speaks to what you're speaking of. You saw it with your own eyes. The power of when God says, man, I'm gonna rain my spirit. I'm gonna rain my water and bring forth life from the earth. There's so much good. Well, guys, it's what, it's, wait, sorry, not 129. The screen only shows the one. I think it's 1129. Anyway. Still, still, we've been going an hour and a half. Um, I want to just summarize for you guys. Thank you guys so much. Anybody feeling like God's speaking something to you this morning through this? I just, my prayer is that the Lord is knocking at the door of your heart, and I want to give some time here to reflect. So I'm just going to share with you very quickly. Seal, I'm going to read a verse from the idea that the Holy Spirit is a seal in us, and it's Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You know, in ancient days, people would use wax and would melt it and then would imprint it with a seal. And it would be a mark of ownership, a mark of authenticity, a mark of legitimacy, a mark of authority. If a message carried a royal seal, it meant it did come from the king and it was to be followed. Think about this. The Holy Spirit has marked you as his own possession. When the enemy comes lying to you, attacking you, trying to condemn you, trying to discourage you, it may be that God is saying, man, I am my spirit is a seal on you, branded upon you that you are mine. Don't be afraid. Rise up. Stand firm in in confidence in your identity as a son or as a daughter of the king. What about this one? Oil. We know that Samuel anointed David with oil 
to symbolize that he was God's chosen as the next king of Israel. Acts chapter 10, verse 36 through 38 says this, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he sent him around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Man, if there's ever been an example of someone anointed with the oil of the Holy Spirit, it was Jesus, of course. But we are in Christ, and I believe God wants you to know that he's chosen you, that he's poured his oil upon you for a very specific purpose. Right where you are, in the midst of your family, think about if you have kids with your kids, or if you have a spouse or someone in your life, if you're in a friend group, if you're in a business, God has anointed you uniquely to bring his authority, to bring his presence. Just as in the Old Testament, the priests were anointed, and there was oil that was poured on their heads, and that oil would seep down the sides of their face and their beard, and it would then soak into their collar, and it was a scented oil. It was a perfumed oil that carried a fragrance unique to the priest. No one else could use that on penalty of death. And uh, what would happen is when one priest was getting ready to retire or when they passed away, they would take those priestly garments and they would actually put them on the, the son, on the next generation of the priest. And they would anoint them then with fresh oil. And that fresh oil coming down their beard would mix with the saturated oil that was in those garments of the prior generations. And I believe God wants you to understand that you carry a unique anointing of his oil, that you've been chosen by his spirit, that he wants to remind you or perhaps clarify to you or perhaps make known to you for the first time some of his unique calling on your life, some of the unique ways that he wants to work through you as a priest, as a king, as a prophet, whatever, in whatever line of work you are, in whatever place he has you, you are, have been anointed by his spirit. You've been chosen. You've been deputized by him. The last one is dove. Of course, we see that in the baptism of Jesus. Matthew 3, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And the dove, I believe, speaks of so many things, but among them, just the peace of Jesus, right? He told his disciples before he left, hey, peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. The world cannot take it away. Jesus wants us to walk in his supernatural peace, a peace that passes understanding. It's not dependent on all the circumstances aligning favorably or everything going the way we think it should. But he's saying, man, my spirit is on you and in you to empower you to walk and to, and to, and to have a measure of peace that is supernatural. The dove is also, I think, a reminder that the spirit is just so humble, right? The spirit of God is always like shining the spotlight on Jesus, the Spirit is not like, oh, wow, look at me. As, of course, He's God. He's worthy of all praise. But He's always pointing the spotlight at Jesus or at the Father. He's always working behind the scenes. Do you know anybody who prefers to work behind the scenes than up front? I'm married to somebody like that. They like to organize the details. They like to make the photocopies. They like to order the meal. They like to set the table. They like to do all the stuff. But they'd rather do that and then have someone else be able to stand up front and kind of be that. I believe that the Holy Spirit kind of carries that same attitude of just empowering us, being in us, all to the glory of God the Father. Listen to these words from 1 Corinthians, and then we'll pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And this is what tripped me out, verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. 
What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. I love the fact that when God thought about you and thought about me living in this world, looking at all of the realities around us, all the things that are stacked against us, all of the battles to fight, all of the temptations to overcome, all of the loneliness, all of the discouragement, all of the the challenges, all of the illness, all of the things that we face. When he thought about what can I impart to them to have them be victorious? What can I impart to them to have them have life and, and experience intimacy with me and my power in their lives. He didn't like pick, oh, I'll give them a little bit of my pinky finger. I'll give them a little bit of my toe. I'll give them a little bit of like some ancillary aspect. No, he went to, I want to give them the spirit of me. That is the part that is communing with my mind, my thoughts. Before I even speak forth my word, my spirit already knows what I'm thinking. Isn't that what that says? Who knows the thoughts of a person, but the spirit of the person within them. There's things that you dwell upon, reflect on, are deciding that only your spirit knows, not even those closest around you. God is saying, that's the part of me that I wanted to take and deposit in you so that the very innermost part of my being is now also in you. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So I wanted to just give us a couple of moments here as we close. And we're just gonna play a little bit of music. And I just wanna invite you to just right where you are, sitting right there, just say, Lord, what are you wanting to speak to me? How are you wanting to reveal yourself to me? You know me better than I know myself. Are you wanting to be a fire that purifies, that warms me, that lightens my path? Do you want to be water that refreshes me or heals me or maybe calls me into fun and rejoicing with you and playfulness? Man, do you want to remind me of the oil that you are and of my unique purpose and calling and encourage me in that? God, are you speaking of that seal that you want in the midst of doubt and fear to remind me of the solidness that I belong to you? That you've given me your spirit as a deposit? Are you that dove that just wants to bring peace and calm and hover over my life. Man, just open the door to Jesus wherever it is that he's speaking to you, wherever he's putting his finger on, and I'll close. Father, we are so grateful for you. We're so grateful for your spirit. We can't contain you. We can't control you. We can't put you in a box. We can't fully understand you. And yet, we can embrace you. We can yield to you. We can even be the very vessels, the very temples that you dwell in, that you enjoy making not just an occasional visitation, but actually a habitation, actually a permanent dwelling place in and with us. And God, I just thank you right now, Jesus. We say yes to you. We say yes to what you're speaking. We say yes to your encouragement. We say yes to your invitation. We say yes to your truth. We say yes to your light. 
We say yes to those things that you're calling us into to experience you more fully. God, I pray in Jesus' name that every lie of the enemy would be broken, that every chain would be cast down, that every temptation or thing that has beset us and that is holding us back from that place of such intimacy and joy and freedom and life in you, all of that would be broken in the name of Jesus and that you, Spirit of God, would, would be like a flood, would be like a fire, would just have all of us, Lord. Have us as individuals. Have us as a family of believers. Have us. Do with us as you will. Minister to us, Lord, right now. Do a new thing. Prepare us for where you want to take us, Lord. Comfort every broken heart with your sweet oil. We thank you for it in Jesus' name.